0: happening, but when it was written it just flowed, so I'm going to read from chapter 7 into 8, and it says, and so it was when Jesus had ended these sayings that was the Sermon on the mount, that the people were astonished at his teaching for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes when he had come down from the mountain, how many of you know sometimes we got to come down from the mountain I love mountaintop experiences they're amazing but sometimes we got to walk down to the valley of shadow of death Sometimes we got to come down off the mountain. So Jesus is descending down the mountain. It says, "Great multitudes followed him." Don't forget the great multitudes. And behold, another way to say "and behold" is remember last week we talked about "and suddenly." Those "and suddenly"s pop up in our lives, don't they? Suddenly, a leper came and worshipped him, saying, "Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean." And Jesus put on his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing to be cleansed. Immediately his leprosy was cleansed. And Jesus said to him, See that you tell no one, but go your way. Show yourself to the priests and offer the gift that Moses commanded as a testimony to them. Lord, we thank you for your word. Bless it in the name of Jesus. Bless me, Lord. I pray, God, that I would deliver this message, Lord. Not one word would be out of, uh, out of my mouth, Lord. It's, it's coming out of my mouth, but not out of my mind, Lord. Be your spirit, Holy Spirit, I surrender to you. In Jesus' name, amen. So Jesus had just preached, might be one of the greatest sermons ever. And now he's coming down the mountain. He's heading down the mountain. He says, and suddenly, a leper came. I want to talk to you about lepers a little bit. I going to give you a little introduction in the culture of the Jews and of the of, of Jesus' day, in Jesus' day, devout Jews would thank God every single day. They would wake up and they thank God every day that they were not born a leper. They would wake up and thank God that they were not born a woman. And they would wake up and thank God they weren't born a, born a Gentile. Can you imagine? That's a little different today. That's, that's how bad leprosy was. That's how bad... Uh, the culture was, we, we talked about that when we talked about marriage a few weeks back. But this was their culture. They'd wake up, the devout Jews would thank God that they weren't a, born a leper, they weren't born a woman, they weren't born a Gentile. And isn't it interesting that as Jesus comes down off the mountain, in chapter 8, those are the people he reached out to. <laughs> Jesus was counterculture. Jesus broke some stereotypes. Jesus did some things that weren't normal for that day. And I know last week there's been some question about where we're at. I wasn't planning on discussing this, but if you're going to follow Jesus, He's going to lead you to some places you you might not feel real comfortable being. He's going to do some things, and He did some things that everyone might not have agreed with. Remember last week we talked about if you're going to follow Jesus, you, you may be called radical. Now, i got to tell you, as your pastor, I'm never going to lead you into any place intentionally that would ever be wrong. I've settled in my heart and my spirit where I'm at with this coronavirus and, and all of the things that, that we're doing. And every once in a while, I'm just going to say that If you're following Jesus, he may step over a boundary. And you're going to see why here in a short bit. In Jesus' day, a leper was to stay... In my studies, this this was amazing to me. It's really why I had to bring this message out this week. In Jesus' day, a leper was to stay six feet away from any clean person. That was the law. That was the... That was the the rule. Lepers, stay six feet away from anyone that's clean. Does that sound familiar to anyone today? Yeah, that sounds like social distancing, don't it? Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not saying that that wasn't wise. Oh, all of a sudden we got turned up. Yeah, turn it up. Here we go. I'm not saying it wasn't wise that if you have lepers, that you might want to stay six feet away. There was reasons culturally um, the laws that were given to protect people from spread spreading viruses, spreading disease. Um, when you did come in contact, you were to ex- 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 communicate yourself, go away. But you didn't take the whole tribe and the people and put them locked up. But in Jesus' day, you'd stay six feet away from any clean person, and up to a hundred feet from them if the wind was blowing from the direction of the leper towards the clean individuals. Can you imagine? Everyone always six feet away and a hundred feet away if the wind was blowing from their direction. Leprosy was like the coronavirus today. Not really, but that's that's what we're looking at it as our government and people are looking at it that way. It was a terrifying disease, leprosy was, with no known cure. Now today we have a coronavirus, we don't have a cure, and people are treated the same way. Stay away, stay away. And they're being treated like in that day, a leper, everywhere they went, was to announce themselves by this, I'm clean, I'm clean, I'm clean, so that people would get away from them, so they wouldn't be contaminated. Can you imagine if you were a leper? Imagine the shame and the guilt, and the condemnation, and the humiliation you would feel—not to have contact with anyone anymore. Now, there are several types of skin diseases that were called and classified leprosy in that day. Some were contagious. A priest would declare a person unclean and banish him or her from their home and their town. That was what happened in that day with leprosy. If you had leprosy, the priest would declare you unclean and they would remove you from your home and from your town. Now, we're not far from that. Today, we have people that are tracing and following people and and going, going to attempt to remove people from their homes if they deemed them with the virus. History always repeats itself, church. Now, I don't know about you, but if I'm sick, why don't you just leave me alone in my house? And that ain't going to go well if someone tries to come into my house and take my kids away. But this is what they did in Jesus' day. They banished them from their home. They banished them from their community. Basically, they gave a death sentence. They would put all the lepers together in one spot. And they're very highly contagious. So, so think about it. What if you didn't have the contagious kind? Well, more than likely, you're going to end up with it now. Because you're in tight containment. Kind of like some of the convalescent homes where they started putting people that were sick or elderly with those who weren't. Leprosy was, was the worst thing in that day. And when they got sent to a community they were sent there to either get well or die. And in that situation Jesus had the audacity to come down off the mountain reach out and touch the leper's disease covered skin and violate the law. Now there's different types of law that we see in the Bible. There's ceremonial laws, there's civil law, and there's moral law. The moral law trucks all the other. Now Jesus was very familiar with the law since he's the one who fulfilled it and the one who wrote it. He's the Word. Point one. A great multitude followed Jesus down the mountain. I want you to think about that. Jesus reveals himself Preaches one of the greatest sermons ever, lays it all out. Says, doesn't matter what you what you say, doesn't matter what the religious leaders say. It matters what I say. He upsets a lot of folks. He comes down off the mountain. This multitude is following him. They heard his words. They liked what they heard. And then they're going to see the application. His sermon on the Mount becomes the power on the ground. What will Jesus do? Here's my question. You think about this. He preaches this sermon. He preaches this this message. And now there's a great multitude of people that love what He said, and now they're following Him. Church, we better figure out what we're going to do while the multitudes are watching us. Because here's what Jesus did. While the multitudes were watching Him, Suddenly, shows up a leper. Point two. Jesus' concern for the one unclean leper was greater than the concern for the multitude. We see many times in Scripture that, that Jesus would show himself as a good shepherd. He'd leave the 99 to go after the one that was lost. You see his heart and if there's something that I don't want you to miss today is the heart of God and the heart of Christ in the midst of these situations. He comes down off the mountain and a multitude of people are surrounding him and following him. And do you think it was just by chance that this leper shows up? Uh, what's going on? I have no clue. Me neither. <laughs> Leprosy. The leper shows up all of a sudden. He approached. Now, here's what Jesus didn't have time to do. Jesus didn't have time to come up with his plan. He didn't have time to come up with his plan. Most of us want to. We want a plan. Well, what are we going to do in this situation? What are we going to do in that situation? And that's what we're being asked. We got to. We got to have a plan. But the, the lepers will show up in our lives suddenly. Jesus didn't have a plan, but he was on display for all to see. He had the multitude surrounding him, and the multitude did not change one bit in his reaction or his his uh, his plan. The leper comes down the mountain, or as Jesus came down, the leper. The, the leper falls down and worships Jesus. The Greek word is prosponeo. He doesn't just show up. He comes and just falls down and worships Jesus at His feet. I'll tell you what, that's a good way to start. That's a good attitude. When you come in contact with Jesus, that's the proper response. Humble yourself. Fall down at His feet. Worship Him. The leper came all by himself, church. The leper was standing alone. He didn't have anyone encouraging Him. He didn't have anyone saying hey you know what you know in our, sometimes I grew up in church and and there would be times that the, he didn't have uh, Rebecca sometimes we had the piano player come up and play softly kind of set the mood for that altar time he didn't have anyone setting the mood for him he didn't have anybody coming up and encouraging him and saying hey do you hear did you hear the word do you want to come down and respond to that the leper was all by himself he had no one yet he came running to jesus and fell at his feet and worshiped him The leper says something to Jesus. He says, he had, will you? Will you heal me? He says, Lord, if you are willing, you can heal me. You can make me clean. The leper had no doubt that Jesus could heal him. He wanted to know if he would. There's a big difference. There's a big difference like we've been been preaching the last few weeks. There's a big difference between saying something, there's a bigger difference in doing it. He wanted to know, was Jesus willing? We need to ask ourselves today, are we willing? Are we willing to be the hands and feet of Christ? It's one thing to be His voice. Are we willing to put it into action? He said, you had no doubt you have ability. He said, will you? That caprazo to make, to cleanse, to clean. Can you imagine you as a person being considered unclean? Everyone avoided you. Everyone would stay six feet away all the time. And if the wind was blowing just right, a hundred feet because you were not clean. Now I would dare say every single one of us when we came to Jesus we're like that leper. We had a stain of sin and death on us and a stink. But Jesus was willing to step right smack dab in that environment and reach out and, and the audacity to come into places that most Christians would never go and touch us. Can you imagine running to the one that could touch you? Say, Lord, if you're willing. That means there was a question. He wasn't quite sure if Jesus would. Because he was a leper. My third point. You guys get excited. You're here very quick today. <laughs> third point. Jesus' response is, I am willing. Be cleansed. The words I am willing are filled with grace. The words be cleansed are words of creative authority. See, everyone else went out of the way of the leper, everyone else stayed far away. And I guarantee there was people when that leper came running up to Jesus and fell down at his feet, were grabbing at him and pulling him away and saying, Can't you seize a leper? And under that pressure, Jesus reached out and he touched him. In front of everybody. He didn't have time to plan. He didn't have time to think about, well, what's going to happen if we do? We have that. But he just responded. Jesus said, I'm, I am willing. You know what he did in that statement? He removed the if. He removed the question forever. Many of us have questions. Many of us wonder, Lord, are you willing? If only, Lord, are you willing? Jesus said, get that question out. Let me make this let me say this in front of everyone. That's what he did. He said, I'm going to show you. I'm not even going to tell you. He reached out and he touched the leopard. He says, I'm willing. He's willing to step into your circumstance. He's willing to, to step into your mess. He's willing to be considered unclean so that you will be clean. Are we willing? i got to tell you, as one who was very unclean before he came into my life, I would be one of the worst people in the world to now that I've become clean, stay away and not want to reach out and touch others who were deemed unclean. I don't know about the rest of you, but... I don't think any of you were too clean. Jesus was willing to put on our filth, the only one who's ever been clean, put on our filth, our shame, our disgrace, so that we could be seen as righteous and whole and well. What do we do with that? Do we see others when they might have some stain on them? They might have a a touch. They They might be physically ill. Or maybe they're spiritually ill. Maybe they're depressed. Maybe they're wrestling with things or they're struggling with an addiction or they're struggling with who knows what. Do we keep six feet away? Or a hundred feet if the wind's blowing just right? Or do we step into that environment and we touch them? Jesus took the if out and removed it forever. To me, he's indicating... Healing is always God's will. It's always His will. It's awfully quiet. I it should have been a honk or a shout hallelujah or something. It's not as It doesn't sound as good I have to tell you to do it. I'm just saying. But thank you. You guys were here with me for a little bit. Praise the Lord. It's always His will to heal Because he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He hasn't changed his mind, church. The coronavirus hasn't changed God's mind. He's not freaked out by it. He's not afraid. He's always victorious. He always has the answer. He wins every time. Now, Jesus knew the law concerning lepers. Is that a fair statement? Do you think think Jesus knew the law? But he chose to violate it knowing how bad the leper needed a touch. Jesus violated that rule in front of everyone. And you know what? He violated quite a few rules throughout his His time on this earth. Now I'm not saying Jesus was rebellious. That's not Jesus. But he was a rebel. Jesus was a rebel. He constantly was going against all the things that man told him that God shouldn't do. And God wouldn't do. Not telling us that the church. We have this picture that we're just supposed to be. These people who are like sheep just led to the slaughter. Now we're not supposed to be violent and combative, but at the same time, good Lord, we live in the United States of America. And I've heard some statements from some different people in the last few weeks. And they said, well, nowhere in the rest, you know, the, the church of America, that's not, that's not what you see around the rest of the world. You know, that, that, like you, we stand for our rights and have this almost a rebellious attitude. But I'm grateful that our forefathers rebelled against the king. I'm grateful that our forefathers rebelled against England. I'm grateful that men and women throughout the years have stood up and fought and laid down their lives and rebelled against what social norms were so that we can have the freedom today to show up in a country, preach about Jesus, and tell people and tell the world that they need Him without fear of getting our heads taken off. So there is a little bit of a difference of the church in the United States and the church around the rest of the world. Some good, some not so good. But I'm going to tell you what, I still believe that this is the greatest country in the world to live in. What are we doing with that? See, here's what I learned when I went to Africa. I heard the Lord's voice very, very clear. He said, to whom much is given, much is required. We've been given a lot. And I believe it's time he's going to be asking for it. You've been given a lot. We are one of the most blessed financially nations of the world. We're one of the most prosperous. And I believe because we did, our forefathers were wise enough to lay a foundation on the Bible. That they built a nation. They seen the, they seen Israel. They seen how God's uh, people, he favored them. Because they, they favored him and they loved his law and they applied those things. So our forefathers built a nation with those um, Judeo-Christian principles. And because of that, I believe we've been one of the most blessed nations on the planet. So we need to stand up, and we need to be thankful for that. And when we see those rights being overridden, we need to voice that. There's nothing wrong with that. Now, you can have the wrong spirit and a wrong attitude and be a complete jerk in the midst of it. That's not Jesus. Jesus was extremely loving. Jesus was willing to step down in the midst. He might have violated a law here and there, but it was for a greater good and a greater purpose of loving people. I read somewhere, love covers a multitude of sins. Jesus knew that he might be stepping over that boundary a little bit, but he seen the leper and knew how bad he needed to be touched and healed. We miss the intent of God's word when we read his rules for living without trying to understand why he made them. Say that again. We miss the intent of God's word when we read his rules for living without trying to understand why he made them. Now we are able to keep God's rules and close our eyes to his intent. We have the ability to keep His rules and close our eyes to the intent. It's not just black and white all the time. Sometimes we come into like, what do I do with this? What's the intent? What's God's heart? Now I'm not saying, I would promise you this, when the Holy Spirit tells you something, church, and and He has the ability individually to speak things to us, That might not be for all of us. Fair enough? How many have had convictions that God has convicted you of? And maybe when you were an early Christian, you tried to make that a conviction for everybody else. How old did I (laughs) go? But there is, every single one of us, there's convictions that God will speak to us. That we are to follow. And I respect that and I honor that. And if that is your conviction, as your pastor, I will never ask you to violate that. But that doesn't mean that's my conviction. And there could be convictions that the Lord has spoke to me, even ones that we deem as foolish as when I was very young in the Lord, I would take a piece of trash and throw it to the trash can. How many do that? Well, when I was not a Christian, there's times I'd just walk away. I know, that's horrible. But it was something weird that would happen. As soon as the Lord came in my life, the first time I did that mist, I heard that voice say, now go pick it up and throw it away. And you can think, well, that's done. But I can tell you to this day, it's always getting picked up and thrown away. Or the shopping cart that's left out there. I've heard his lo- I've heard his voice. Go put the cart away. Now I'm not telling you. You're not going to go to hell if you don't put the cart away. But I need to put the cart away. But you've never heard me preach a message on why it's so important that Christians put their carts away. I think it's true. Those are individual things. We miss the intent of God's Word when we read His rules for living without trying to understand why He made them. I still believe that it was probably wise to keep some space between lepers. Mm -hmm. That was a wise thing. You know why I know it's a wise thing? Because it was the law. God made it up. Mm -hmm. He said, it's probably a good thing to keep some space... When people have a disease that's incurable and it's very contagious. But yet, that same God reached out and touched a leper. What do we do with that? We need to be sensitive. But yet, we still need to be obedient to his voice. The normal ritual pattern, Jesus reversed. The normal ritual pattern was reversed. Listen to this. No longer would the clean be made unclean by touching the leper. Jesus said, the clean will make the leper clean. Come on, somebody. It had been normal. Up until that point that you cannot come in contact with a leper. You cannot come in contact with anyone unclean. Because it would make you unclean. Then you would be had to go outside the camp. Anyone who touched it. Leprosy was viewed as the same thing as death. Because it was a dying of your flesh. So if someone took um, handled someone who had died, they'd have to go outside the camp. And could not come back into the camp until they had sacrificed and made themselves clean again. So Jesus... According to the law and the culture, when he touched the leper, he became unclean. Jesus wasn't made unclean. Jesus' touch reversed that. Jesus' touch made the leper, who was deemed unclean, clean. Instantly, the leper, and he told him, he said, go to the the rabbis, go to the temple, show yourself, give them, make that... uh, Offering so that they can deem you clean. Jesus touched him and forever changed his life. He went from being had to be in a colony to be able to come back to his home, be able to come back together with his family, be able to not have to walk around with a six-foot distance around him, without not having to walk around and tell everyone I'm unclean, I'm unclean. That leper I guarantee you was screaming and shouting and bouncing everywhere. He went clean! I'm clean, I'm clean. And that's what Jesus did for you and me. He changed some things. And when Jesus comes and touches you, He changes things. In Luke 4, 40-41, it says, When the sun was setting, all those who had any that were sick with various diseases brought them to Him. And He laid His hands on every one of them and healed them. And demons also came out of many, crying out and saying, You are the Christ, The Son of God. Now, I tell you what, when I read messages and I read the word like this, I find it very interesting. I I said, and I said at the Board of Supervisors meeting, and they thought I was crazy, that I said to a non Christian uh, group of people that there is an evil spirit behind this disease. And I still believe it. It's an evil spirit that would try to keep the church and try to keep the healing touch of Christ working through our hands, touching people. an evil spirit that would try to separate the church and not have the body come together where God has ordained and told us that if there any sick among you call on the elders and let them lay their hands on your milk and with oil and that the prayer of faith would raise the dead, would heal people it's an evil spirit that would try to stop that when the sun was setting all, look at that word all, it's beautiful all inclusive those who had any that sick with various diseases. Didn't matter what the disease was. It didn't matter what the name was on it. It didn't matter if it was contagious. It didn't matter if they called it Corona or byrona or whatever the heck the next one's going to be. He healed every one of them. He laid his hands on every one of them and healed them. And demons also came out of many crying out and saying, You are the Christ, the Son of God. It's saddened me that even the the demons recognize that, and we have people in the church today that won't recognize it. Yeah, I said it. Mark 16, 14-20. Later he appeared to the eleven as they sat at the table, and he rebuked their unbelief and hardness of heart, because they did not believe those who had seen him after he had risen. How is that going to happen if we don't do it? How is it going to happen? Now, see, there's some, there's some words there that are coming from from our commander How do you baptize people? I'm trying to figure that out. How do you baptize people? I saw, I saw the, uh, I don't know if it was a joke or not, but I did see a Roman Catholic priest had a mask on and the whole get up and they were driving by, people were driving by and squirting with a squirt gun for holy water. I don't know if it was a joke or not, but I don't plan on squirting people for baptisms. Now how do we how do, we do sure. the ordinances that God's laid out if we're not able to lay hands on people? How are we going to baptize people if we can't touch them? we got to stay six feet apart. And, and you ask, some of you are going to say, well, pastor, God is able... To heal people without you touching them, I totally understand that he is able. But there's just a problem that his word tells us to do it. I have a little problem with that. He said, "Do it." Now there is times he does. He just says the word. There's sometimes we can't do it, but I think when it's in our power to listen to the Lord, we need to do it. So I can tell you, if there's anyone after service today that needs a touch from the Lord, we're going to pray for you. And I'm going to be obedient. I'm going to lay hands on you. We're going to anoint you with oil. Not because I'm trying to be a rebel. I'm trying to follow the ordinances that God's laid out. In Acts chapter 8, verses 14 through 19, here's how powerful it is. It says, Now when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them, who when they had come down, prayed for them, that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For as yet, he had fallen upon none of them. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid their hands on them, And they received the Holy Spirit. And when Simon saw that through the laying on the apostles' hands, he had been a sorcerer before, the Holy Spirit was given through the laying on of hands, he offered them money. Simon was so impressed and was so overwhelmed by seeing the apostles lay their hands on on the Samaritans and being baptized with the Holy Spirit, it blew his mind and he said, I'll pay you for that. I will give you money so that I can do that. Teach me how to do that. Now, sure, they could have just said, be filled. But that's not what the Lord told you to do. He said, give me this power also that anyone on whom I lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit. In James chapter 5, 13 through 16, it says, is anyone among you suffering? What does this anyone among you suffering mean mean to you? That means that there's anybody and they're among you. That is the Lord's plan. If there's anyone among you that is suffering, let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing songs. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him. Anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. We've got to have some faith. It's more than just saying that we have to do it. It says that if he's committed sins, he will be forgiven. Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effect of fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Now, I don't, I'm not going to tell each individual what to do or how to do it. When this whole thing first started, I wrote a letter out and sent to all the body, Well, we put it over, that if you, it's like use some wisdom today, right? If you are in this day and age, if you have a compromised immune system and there is a, a virus going around, you would probably stay in, like before the coronavirus happened. That would be wisdom, right? If you're in a compromised immune system, and you know you're going somewhere that there could be a lot of sick people, you would put a mask on. Like there's just some things we would normally do. And I think that's wise. There's nothing wrong with that. But we also have this beautiful thing called a will. We, no one makes us go do anything. If there's somewhere you don't want to go, then you don't go. And I, I, I just don't think that we, we need to start using some wisdom and some common sense at the same time. If When we do open up, not everyone's going to feel comfortable. And I'm all right with that. But those who do, we need to be able to provide an ability to come in and worship the Lord together. Some people don't go to a grocery store because it's full of people. That makes sense if you have a compromised immune system. Have someone else do your shopping. But then we have people who are running around to the grocery store, running around Lowe's, but then madly saying, you you shouldn't go into the church. What? Well, no one's making you go We need to be tolerant of both sides of that. If if you want to wear a mask, if you feel the need to wear a mask, I'm okay with that. I'm not saying or telling you you shouldn't, but at the same time, you shouldn't tell me I have to. Now that honk goes both ways. Thank you. Because you're going to get over and say, well, that pastor's saying, he's a no-mask-wearing, blah, 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 blah. No, let me tell you something if I'm gonna go visit someone and they're deathly sick or they're in a, they're in a compromised situation and there's viruses going around you better believe I'm gonna go put a mask on before I go in and pray for them I had to do that with my cousin she was dying at the Sonora Hospital and all that's going on they said here's a mask I said I understand and I'm going I, I'm going into the uh, the worst spot of the hospital at the ICU yeah. But there was also a time I had to go in and have surgery in the midst of it. You want a mask? I said, no, I think it to be alright. I mean, good Lord, if you're gonna be in the room, they're gonna cut you open. I think we're past the mask. <laughs> and you know what? He kept me. He kept me. We need to figure out, church. We gotta start figuring out, not just on this issue but on the spiritual issues and on the the emotional issues. Are we going to be people who are willing to step, when everyone else is watching, step over a line and be the hands and feet of Jesus? Are we going to be a people who when someone has the coronavirus, see, because I'm going to tell you what, it's one thing to sit here and talk about it. I've been out of this country. I've been where there's some, like AIDS is running rampant. And there's all kinds of sicknesses, diseases, and you have these little kids in these other countries and they've urinated all over themselves. And there's, there's just, it's love. And your natural self, you're like, good God, I don't think I want to touch them. But then there's this love that comes over you. And it's Jesus. And you reach down in the midst of that filth and whatever it is, and you pick them up and you love on them. And you pray for them. And you have people that have diseases and the Spirit of God comes upon you, and there's a love that you have for those things, and you step out in faith and you touch them. Why? Because Jesus did. And He told us to go and do those things. He said that when you lay hands on the sick, they shall recover. You know, some things don't happen until you take the action of faith. And I'm here to tell you, I truly believe this from the bottom of my heart. We're about to see God do some mighty miracles in these last days. And yes, we are in the last days. If there's ever a time that we need to start putting our faith into action, it's today. You're not promised to tomorrow, people. You're not promised to tomorrow. Jesus is coming back soon. People get ready. Jesus is coming. And that's that's an encouraging word. That's an encouraging word. One of these days we're going to be caught up. We're going to be with our Lord. No more sickness, no more pain, no more disease, no more suffering, no more death. But until then, we've got some work to do. And we need to figure it out. I'm not ignorant enough to not think that there's not going to be should the Lord not come back? Another virus that's going to tell us to go, go lock yourself up. This one's the big one. We got to start figuring some stuff out. What are we going to do when we see the people that we're coming in contact with? Are we going to be obedient to the Lord when He says, I want you to come and lay hands on Him and pray for Him? What if it's your touch? That heals them. You're going to say, Pastor Steve, it's not our touch, it's Jesus's. Yeah, I understand that, but he's the one who said you heal him. If, we're, if we truly believe he lives in us, if, we, if it's not just words that we're saying, if we truly believe, see, I truly know and believe that he lives in me. And this body gets to be him. I get to be not only his voice, his hands and his feet and his touch. And what if he wants to touch somebody? Am I going to tell him he's wrong? Jesus is never wrong. He's never wrong. And he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's Alpha and Omega. And he doesn't change in who he is. His love never lowers when he brings justice. His justice never lowers when he's long-suffering. He doesn't change. He doesn't wonder. He doesn't weaken in any areas. He is full throttle all the time. Well, to turn the corner here. we get ready to dismiss, but I want, I want you to ponder something here with me. We have all been the leper. We've all been the leper. Every single one of us have been the leper. Every single one of us. We, we were praying earlier, and uh, one of the ladies were praying and said. I saw a picture, and I just seen that the Lord was wanting to bring a lot of people. And I'm, I'm down with this. I believe it wholeheartedly. She said as they were praying, Lord, we see you want to bring those who are broken in spirit. You want to bring those who have emo- emotional issues. You want to bring those who are angry. You want to bring those who are upset. You want to bring those who are broken in spirit. You want to bring those who are sick. You want to bring those... And I just started laughing, and I said, So he wants to bring those that are like us. Right? I mean, it wasn't too long ago, church. We might dress up nicer now. We might say the right things. And, but you know what? The only thing that changes us from anyone else is the blood of Jesus. So we've all been the leper. I think it's time for us to now become the healer. It's time for us now to be the, the hand, the reach, the touch of Almighty God. It's time for us to to remove that six foot distance. Remove the distance that the church has had for those who are unclean. And not be afraid of those who are unclean. And not be afraid of those who might think differently than we do. Not be afraid of those who might make us unclean. The church has, has always been, it's supposed to be, a hospital. It should be a refuge, a a sanctuary, a place that people who are broken and who don't have the answers, who are hurting, go to receive a touch from the Lord. And I'm going to tell you what, with with all this stuff going on, there's going to be a lot of people who need emotional help. Suicide rates in California are higher than the deaths of those who have died from coronavirus. That's fact. So if there's ever a time that the church needs to be Reaching out and touching people—it's today. There's going to be a lot of people who have emotional trauma um, that that are—they need deliverance. And it's going to take us reaching out and be willing to be the hands and feet of Christ. Amen. The Bible says, "Those who've been forgiven much, love much." So I don't know about you, but I've been forgiven a lot. It wasn't too long ago that I, I could look at my life, and it's still today. If it wasn't for the grace and the blood of Christ, I'm a mess. So we're not better than no one else. We, we're not, we're not a standing in judgment. That, that's never been Jesus. The church needs to repent for a lot of things. One of them is that we've been the judgment. We've been seen as those who judge the rest of the world. Jesus never told us to judge the world. He, told, he said, judge yourself. And I'll tell you what, we as a body, we as a church, we need to look at ourselves and say, do what we do and what we say look like what Jesus did and said? Come on. How come we're not getting honks on those? How are we going to be like Christ if we don't do what He did? We won't. Some of the blessings are only going to come when we're obedient to the call. How many know that? We want want the blessings of God. We want the blessings of God without doing the things He said to do. There's some blessings that only come through being obedient. And there's curses that come from being disobedient. So there's ever a day that we need to repent and say, Lord, forgive us and be bold enough to be able to step into this world. And you know what, church? i got to say, we are blessed. This church, you guys have been giving. We've been helping the community. We did it again this last week. The church provided dinners for everyone or lunches for everyone at Josie's place and I own. So thank you. We're, we, are, we are being the feet of Christ, but there's more than that. It's going to come to each one of us individually. Because each one of us individually are going to stand before him one of these days. Each one of us. You're not going to have your mom and your dad there. You're not going to have your spouse there. I'm not going to be there with you. That's why I'm telling you the truth now. You're going to stand before him. And he's going to ask a couple things. What did you do with this word that I gave you? What did you do with my son? It was a gift. What did we do with it? Did we, did we worship this? Did we go, oh my gosh, this is so amazing. And we worship the word, but we never did what it said. We're not going to hear well done. Because the solid rock is the application of God's word. And this world needs to see us standing on a solid rock. When, when all hell's breaking loose and the earth is being shook, the church needs to be standing solid and, and, and saying, Peace. Peace be still. What did Jesus tell the disciples when they were freaked out because the storm was there? He said, What is wrong with you? Oh, ye of little faith. He got up and he rebuked the storm. Peace be still. That's what the church is supposed to look like. Not freaked out and running Oh, my gosh, what are we going to do? Go buy up all the toilet paper like everybody else. Now the church would be like, well, I got a couple of rolls. Do you need one? My God will provide. He took He took a couple of loaves and a couple of fish and dis- distributed and fed five thousand. I think we're going to be okay if we really believe. Amen. <coughs> Let me pray for you, Lord. I do thank you for your word, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that you are able to give us insight and wisdom you are able to lead us through these times with complete clarity I'm so grateful that you are the good shepherd that goes before the flock you are navigating even now you have the ability to walk us through (laughs) these uncertain times with complete peace on solid foundations you are able to tell us every step don't step there Step that way. And Lord, I pray that you would give us just a heart to want to be so pleasing in your sight. And that we would not care so much about being too pleasing to men. Not that we want to be, like I said, jerks to people. That is not, that is not you, and you have not called us to be jerks. You've called us to be like you. And there was times that people didn't understand you. There was times that you did things and people said they were wrong. You were never wrong. And you're still not. Lord, I pray for wisdom for pastors and leaders. Lord, I do get it. it, you got people saying, open now. Why did you ever close? People say, don't open. If you open, you don't love people. There's, There's a variety of thoughts and opinions. But Lord, you know that my heart is to please you. And I am so thankful that we have not been touched by this here. And that you have been so faithful. Because we have called on your name. We do stand on your truth. And Lord, I thank you, Lord, that that uh, so many have been spared from this. And God, I thank you, Lord, that for those who haven't, and for the families of those who have lost loved ones, there is a comforter. There is still a touch that surpasses all understanding. And Lord, we do look forward to you coming. Coming soon to receive your bribe. Lord, I pray that each one of us will hear those words, well done, thou good and faithful servant. And Lord, for those who don't know you today, Lord, who feel like they're the leper, maybe they're keeping themselves away from people because they're perceiving themselves as unclean. Maybe it's not everyone else that's trying to stay away from them. I pray that that spirit would be broken in the mighty name of Jesus. Let every single person under the sound of my voice that are here in the parking lot or listening on Facebook be healed in the name of Jesus. Be cleansed in the name of Jesus. By the words spoken over you, by deeds that people have done in the past that you've deemed yourself unclean or unfit, be whole in the mighty name of Jesus. Restoration come. Healing come. Power, come. Sound mind, come. We thank you for the blood. We thank you for cleansing us. We thank you for making us whole. We thank you that your word says that if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. So Lord, we celebrate the newness in Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Now go be the hands and feet of Jesus, church. If you need prayer today, you need a touch, don't leave. Stay right in your car and we're going to have some people come pray for you. If you don't need healing today don't need a touch, then you can be dismissed so we can see those who do. Amen? Thank you.